Hello and welcome to She Loves, a new podcast that's produced by Vivolution to celebrate, inspire and empower women creating positive change in the world. In this episode, I chatted to the amazing Rebecca Walker, aka Bex, who is the founder of Bexfest, the nutritious and delicious oat breakfast pot. Bex talks about her journey as a mum, speaking up about mental health and running a business. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hey Bex. Hello. Hi, welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited <laughs> as well. And I'm really excited to chat with you um, because it gives us a really good excuse to catch up even though we've just spent the last half an hour like <laughs> chatting. We're like, oh, I should actually record all of this. Yeah. But it's really difficult like when you're running a business to actually have time and see friends. So this is actually a really good excuse for us to have a catch up, isn't it? 100%. <laughs> it's actually so nice to see you. so nice. Yeah, it looks really nice. Um, so me and you go way back in the vegan scene we met around 2016 I think yeah, didn't we yeah, yeah. and veganism had not even hit the mainstream it was like nothing apart from us in our like small community and um, can you tell me a bit about your background before you started Bex first yeah so I um I was a singer and songwriter um and I got offered like two record deals we kind of found out I was pregnant with my daughter <laughs> like 23 which was insane wasn't um expecting to do it but it ended up being like the most wonderful thing that ever happened to me um after having my daughter I kind of thought I'd get back to music but I just every time I went to record it just didn't feel the same didn't want to be away from her and I kind of fell into health and fitness um to start with it was more just a case of wanting to be the best person I could be for my daughter being the healthiest I could be um and I got really into running um and I think that was where my whole journey started. It was like, I used to smoke quite a lot, I used to drink quite a lot, and I used to eat really badly. And um, I think everyone, well, I definitely did in my early 20s as well. A hundred percent, yeah. I think yeah. it's a, you know, bright passage. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, I went, was started to look into the food side of things. And then the more I learned about like a whole food diet and cutting out all the processed stuff, it kind of made a lot of sense to me. Then I got really ill in, I can't even remember what year it was, 2016, I think I would, 2016, somewhere around then and then uh, my body stopped working and um, I found out that I had chronic fatigue and uh, the only kind of real way of getting around it or living a normal life that I found from like the research that I did was by turning to a plant-based diet mm-hmm. and um, I loved me I loved um I wasn't so much of a cheese lover that was never my thing but I just was really like into eggs and because I trained so much yeah. in me um and then uh, because I'd been really obsessed with cake when I was pregnant with Tyler um I kind of had cut out all the refined sugar and all the processed stuff and then I'd obviously cut out dairy as well and um eggs. and was that just from doing like research or yeah yeah, yeah. because like, because I was more interested in the the whole food kind of diet when I was like just the running but when my health got really bad mm. I was like I don't want to stop being able to do the things that I love mm. and doctors were like this could just be you forever I was in a wheelchair for a little while people that I spoke to with me were like I've had to give up my job I've had to stop doing all these things that I love and I was just like oh my gosh like if there's a way mm. that I could help this even if it's not you know curing it or whatever like I want to do everything I can for myself yeah. and um, I read a few articles about people who turn to a plant-based diet and I thought if there is any chance that 
doing that might mean that I can then lift my arms to my face or pick up my daughter, then it's got to be worth a shot. And I thought I was absolutely going to hate it. I thought after a month, you know, that'll be it. Yeah. Um, but at least I know I've done it and I can tick it off and just be like, that was rubbish. But I did, I started to feel more energy. I started to feel so much better in myself wasn't like miraculous cure but like I definitely started to feel better and I tried everything before that because I think veganism was like the last thing on my list <laughs> like I was really not that interested um but then the more I saw my health improving the more I thought oh my gosh this is amazing and then I was like substituting my love for cakes by making like these breakfast pots that were just kind of full of like you know like things like dates and bananas and um loads of whole food and superfood ingredients amazing because um, back then there just wasn't the was options nothing. was there no. there was just nothing and you literally felt like you had to give up something that you love rather yeah. than being able to find like a replacement for it definitely and i think that's definitely where that whole thing with veganism comes from isn't yeah, it? yeah. plant-based diet is that like it's you know it, you don't get to have the things you want it's like i sacrifice this for the animals or for my you know yeah, yeah, yeah. but um no i just i found a way around it and i absolutely just genuinely loved it and then that's kind of where my business started really amazing and yeah. can you tell can you tell me about like the early days of Bexfest like how like where you started it and like did you have any help were you just doing it on your own well it wasn't meant to be a business it was literally i would just got Instagram and it was mostly just running pictures or whatever or Tyler and I started putting little recipes on there for some of the breakfast that I was having just for myself yeah. um, and after a while people were like oh I'd love to buy them and I was like oh well, that's bizarre you know <laughs> you can't just make it yourself or whatever but then I realized that because I guess from the art of being like a creative like with the singing and whatever I'd obviously made them look beautiful and I'd really put a lot of attention to detail into them and um, so it kind of just started where people wanted to buy them and then a friend started a boot camp maybe like a year later after mm. I'd really started making them for myself. And then people started showing up to buy them. I was selling them like to friends. They started selling out all the time. People That's just amazing. really loved them. And it just it was like it was like a little bit of magic. Like every Saturday morning selling them and everyone was just so excited and real buzz about it. And then when that boot camp finished, I kind of thought that maybe that was the end of it. And I thought, oh, you know, that would just be a moment in time but then somebody got in contact with me and they had a whole food shop on their road and they were like oh you should come meet them they will love it started selling them in there they didn't even have labels at this point because there was no budget for like yeah, yeah. starting a business so I used to hand write all of the labels on like luggage tags I actually remember that <laughs> you, 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 <laughs> I you remember that picture. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ones, I love that picture as well it's just unreal and, and then I remember when you started like becoming obviously more popular and you were still writing the labels and stuff <laughs> and I was like how are you handwriting everything there was so much detail to it yeah. I was like this is incredible you're still doing that but like oh my gosh it must take you so long I know it was honestly I had like an absolute claw <laughs> yeah and because there was never enough time because they, they would go from like selling like 10 to selling 20 to selling 40 and they all needed the labels um so I would be writing them like at home yeah. and then if I hadn't finished them and I'm on my way to the shops I'd be writing them on the tube I had one time where I was like leaning against the door because it was they weren't even any seats so I had to like <laughs> carry on writing people must have thought I was crazy I mean I was crazy <laughs> but, um, and then Tyler would like colour in bits of them we'd write like little messages on them and it was just really nice and um, it started to become like but I guess because we grew it on Instagram and it was mm. all just very natural and like it was only happening because people wanted it um it was just something that people were really drawn to and it was just the most incredible feeling but I just felt really lucky that like every week people were putting in these orders and we were selling them like at tube stations around London as well so I put them all in a suitcase 
people I would actually, email me. It wasn't even like an ordering system. Yeah. It was like, email me what you want and I'll meet you at a train station. It's all very dodgy. I actually remember when me and Damien bumped into you in Wood Green yeah. and you had your suitcase. <laughs> and we were like, what are you doing in Wood Green? Like, because you live in Woodage, don't yeah. you? Yeah. We like, what are you doing in Wood Green with your suitcase? And you're like, oh, I'm going to like give out my deliveries and stuff. Yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh. Just that's, mental. That's oh, you find me everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like, literally, I bump into people all the time as well. It was great. But um, it was a lot of work. And then obviously Tyler would have to come with me a lot of the time. And then once we'd been doing that underground Saturday for so long, then people wanted them like midweek at offices as well. So then mm. they'd do a Wednesday, dropping them off at offices. Actually, there were some around here. Um, and yeah, it just grew and grew. And then we finally got real labels. And then that was like, everyone was like, oh my gosh, she's made it. <laughs> like, turning yeah, point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess like, I just kind of, I feel like this business was just more like people saying what they wanted. And yeah. I was like, okay, let's give it a go. And why not? So, Amazing. Yeah. And so since then, like Bex has like really taken off. Like you've got your own facility now. Mm-hmm. You've got staff. You're saying you've got four people oh, now yeah. working with you and like extra people when you need them. Um, and you're doing tons of orders. What was a game changer for you from going from making the pots like at home in your kitchen and kind of going to the boot camps to growing your business where it is today? Well, definitely taking it online was the first step. I think um, that was one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, and then doing a crowdfunding campaign, doing oh, yeah. a Kickstarter campaign, which was huge. And I, I don't know if I actually really believed that we would make that because I think we were raising £20,000 and it got to like 23, just over 23 in four weeks, which was amazing. Um, and then, so that was that was obviously like a PR campaign yeah, in yeah, itself. Yeah. Um, and then... And did you feel like that actually worked? Did you get like a lot of like attention and like yeah. kind of um, people, you know, kind of noticing you that like hadn't come across you before? Absolutely, yeah. And because it was, it became one of those things, it's like my friend's doing this and literally everyone was reposting it. It was really, really lovely. And like, you'd get someone's nan being like, oh, my daughter, my granddaughter told me what you were doing. Aww. And I thought it was really nice. And um, so, yeah, it was really, really lovely. Real sense of community, which was wonderful. Um, but it got so close to the, to the end. And I thought there's no way we're going to do it because we still needed like seven and a half thousand pounds, like four days before the end. And then yeah. on that day, somebody put in five thousand pounds. And then it literally within the next three hours, it was completely funded. So, unreal. yeah, it's unreal, unreal. Um, but that was obviously huge for us um and then last year we moved into the kitchen in january um and just carried on working through like our regular orders but then we were like this isn't enough to sustain being able to pay for all these like extra things now because when you're doing it from home it's very sustainable like you're paying your rent anyway so if you don't make extra money you don't make extra money but then you've got like staff and you've got um new rent that you've got to pay on a building and um all these extra costs um so we then started doing Facebook ads and for us that was completely like there's no looking back once you've started yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was And can huge. you tell me a bit about the process of doing the Facebook ads? Because I know like for for us, like it's something that we're still exploring, especially like for small startups. Like mm. it seems like a daunting thing, like because you don't know whether you need to put loads of money in it at the time or if you spread it out over kind of like the course of like, you know, a few months or something. And mm. it's um and also I think from when you started using it, like you were still kind of like um in that stage of like growing weren't you so it's kind of a risk of like you know knowing whether it's going to pay off or not yeah oh it's a huge risk and because you're like you know that it's like we haven't got much money I remember I read a quote once and it was very um I don't know if it was to make sense to anyone else but it was like if you've got a hundred pounds left you should spend that hundred pounds on marketing because that will bring you um 
return. And I guess yeah. I kept I kept coming back to that and thinking, right, we don't have much money, but if we gamble this and like it doesn't work and we don't get more customers, like then we've you know we've lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but my husband happens to be a genius, <laughs> and um, he takes care of all the outside of things. So we kind of discussed what we wanted, um, but almost for us because we knew it we knew people loved the product yeah. and it wasn't gimmicky so when people yeah, yeah, were receiving it they were like oh my gosh this is as good as they're saying it is and it was you know it started to create a real buzz but we weren't ready for the the huge like impact that was going to have on the business and how quickly it would take our company from very small to like much bigger and um you know i would say if you're gonna do them and you've got somebody who knows how to do them (laughs) then um, just be careful you don't take on too much because it's crazy but um yeah i i wasn't very much involved with like the budgeting of it um but we did start i think we started with like we tested because i think testing is one of the big things you have to do with ads and you have different ad sets Mm. this is all from i'm very much a novice (laughs) (laughs) from what i've heard from him is that you do a few different ad sets and then you test them to see which ones perform the best and then you kind of break them down into like where the data works best and then you run those ads mm. and then you put the money behind those ones so we I think we started testing with five dollars on each ad and then once we got the data from those we then started putting more and more money into it I think we started with like maybe 35 dollars because it, it works in dollars yeah. um um, a day and then we grew it and grew it and grew it and I think I mean we've spent a lot of money on ads now but um, when you you just it, you have to be obsessive about it you have to be like on it it's like a full time job yeah. like to because it might work like for the first three hours if, uh, Facebook might spend a certain amount of your money and you'll get a certain amount of return mm-hmm. but um something could happen and it's all to do with like analytics who's watching you know who's online um and and then it doesn't spend anything for the next so you think oh right we're having a really great day we've made like you know 500 pounds in the last four hours and then you don't get any sales for like six hours or whatever like three hours and you're like oh my god this what's isn't happened? yeah what's happening what, how do we fix this so you have to have somebody that's on it like all of the time making sure that when those quiet moments happen they're checking to make sure it's not something that's like been turned on or off or yeah. you know we've had that a few times where things have just the settings have changed because yeah. of whatever reason and but thankfully we were like on top of it and like it is so true like about it being like a full-time job because it's like the same with like instagram and Mm. everything like how things just change so quickly and you just need to be aware of those changes because it does have a massive impact especially when you're a small company and like i think what's great with you is that like your husband who looks after it's like he didn't have a background in that he taught it himself which is like i think very very inspiring for like smaller startups because Mm. when you don't have a budget to hire in like these experts and specialists and stuff like having that kind of like you know if you've got the dedication you've got some time as well just to kind of like learn and try and like figure out yourself I think is really inspiring because I think that would help a lot of startups and also for people to spend their money in elsewhere as well because if you spend all your money on this one person then you won't have any money to put into the actual ads and I think that's probably one of the most significant things I've learned um from running a startup and Mm. actually becoming a mum as well I think when you become when you're pregnant you think there's all these things that you have to have otherwise you're not going to make it as a mum your kids like you know it's going to be it's going to be terrible and it's the same with a startup like and I realized very early on actually you don't you just need attention you need love and you need to feed it 
Um, and it's the same with a business. You need attention and love. You need to feed it. You need to just like grow it. And you don't need all of these expensive things that mm. people tell you you need. I've literally done none of it. And at first I was really scared because I had friends who started startups at the same time. And they did all of those things. They, they did all these, you know, meetups with people and spending money on experts mm. coming in to help them do whatever. And I thought, oh, that's why mine's going slower because I didn't do that. And I was too scared to spend the money because I was like, I need to see a return on this. Um, and actually, by doing everything in-house and DIY, even before my husband got involved, like we've just, I very much just thought, like, how do I do this? Like, mm. what can I learn and what can I, you know, implement to make this work and um and now like my model looks different like my business model looks different but that's okay and like that that doesn't mean that I mean actually we're probably doing much bigger numbers than these people now because we didn't go the traditional route and it's like with all things there is the old school way of doing but times are changing so quickly and technology is so readily available for us and there's youtube tutorials my husband learned it all from youtube tutorials and then i think he invested in a course after learning so much yeah but it's just yeah it's just being like how do we do this or if you've got a friend with a a certain skill or whatever and just being like help me do this and i honestly i think most people can learn what they need to learn from just researching and yeah I agree and it also I feel like um it takes because it's same with evolution like Mm. we bootstrapped for as long as we could and I think if you if you can do that I mean not every company can do that because they've got Mm. a different business model or they've got different kind of um like um goals and um and so they have to kind of go grow quick Mm. quicker than um maybe we did at the beginning Mm. but it gives you that time to kind of really know your business and like know what you want out of it and know where you want it to go and like for you to kind of like be involved in all the areas whereas if you're you know if you have to kind of grow super quickly and like you know you put money into all these things and you'll have to probably like raise investment quicker and things like that and and that brings a whole other kind of kind of host of other things as well um and like have you have you raised money for your business no other than other other than than the the kickstarter yeah Yeah, so no but we are actually looking for investment now so yeah we're at a point where it's like that fine balance of like it's obviously got so big mm. um but it obviously needs a lot of money to to sustain it now and you know with staff and buildings and whatever and we really need to upscale our production because we're making around three thousand pots a week at the moment which is wow. huge for, for us. four yeah. people as well yeah i mean it's it's really busy <laughs> it's wow. like there's a lot of work and we only work for well the team only work four days a week so because we have to send everything out next day because it's all fresh products, yeah. we can't send out anything out um, after Thursday. So Monday um, to Thursday, we have like two production days, two packing days. Um, and it's a, it's a lot of work, but... Um, That's unreal. I've got a really solid team. Like They're really, really wonderful. But we need, we have the potential, we have to cap our sales because mm. we can't physically produce the amount that you know that people want so it's like almost that's the point you want to get to is where that's we perfect, could be yeah. doing more yeah but we can't because of the restrictions so um yeah and how are you are you so your early stages with the invest like looking for investment yeah. how are you finding it so far really like i mean we i feel like i've been really fortunate my whole way through with bexus because i've always met someone through someone or somebody knows someone yeah um and they always tend to know a little bit about us before uh, we speak um and we've spoken to one investor so far who's really keen um i mean i don't know whether that will go anywhere but 
um, we've sent over lots of um, our data and analytics now and he's very um, he's really supportive like really just like excited about the brand which I really want because I think when you think about investment you're like oh I'm gonna have to try and like get this money out of them somehow but actually what you want is someone to be really inspired and see the vision and want to be a part of that and feel 100%. like almost lucky that they got in then which a hundred percent and it's also like because we did a meet up the other day and about investment i saw that i wish i'd been there it was yeah. it was really and I, well, i'll share like i'll share kind of information with you and stuff but it was mm. like really interesting because what came out of it was that it's really important for you to kind of know what your business is worth as well like in terms mm. of like you know it's been your baby you've grown it you've put everything into it mm. and you need to find somebody who you're willing to give that chunk yeah. of your business to because yeah. i think a lot of people sometimes get blindsided by that they need the money quickly because they you know they're running out they need to scale quickly and um it can be quite a dangerous thing if you're especially when you're like a mission kind of purpose-driven business mm. like you need to find people who fully get behind what you're doing and support yeah. your vision and where you want it to go yeah. um so yeah i think it's really like yeah you don't want to give it to someone that's gonna like kill the soul of it and like you know 100 demanding sort of things yeah no absolutely 100%. yeah um and at um at like our business events like we've done before i often talk to female entrepreneurs about imposter syndrome mm-hmm. um and having this like daily battle and believing in yourself and your ideas and business have you ever gone through this feeling of feeling like having the imposter syndrome and if you have like how have you overcome those thoughts and feelings oh absolutely i i don't even know if it's like a small business but definitely as a woman i don't know it's just like honestly so much of the time not so much I would say now but I think that only only really the last few months have been have changed for me but and even still even today you know I was talking to um, my team and I was saying like I could have been doing some things better or whatever Mm. and then it's like oh my gosh am I a bad boss am I like and I'm like you know but we're all learning but I just think it's I couldn't even put it into words I don't know like for me working through it and like committing to if I'm if I'm not very good at this Mm. and I know that that's what's going to make me feel insecure it's like then I need to get better at this or I need to learn something about this and if I give this job to somebody else to do who's way better at it but I need to understand it still because Mm. then I don't feel like anything can happen where I'm like but I don't get it um or like I'm not understanding what's happening here within it and I just think I don't know believing like keep coming back to why you started as well and what got people excited why people buy into your brand Mm. and you say that's not fake like that people are here because they believe in it and if I stop believing in it or if I start becoming like weak and shaky on it then the whole thing falls apart because mm. no if I'm not sure people are going to be like oh if she's not sure then maybe I'm not sure um and that's in like every aspect of the business and mm. so yeah just really working through it and um and just coming bringing myself back and reminding myself that like especially now it's like I have done so much work this cannot fail because mm. like if it was going to fail it would have failed by now and like we know that people love the product we know that um you know that i'm willing to go above and beyond to make this happen we know that it works Mm. and so if you've got all of those things and you still feel insecure then you know it's you and you know it's just that little voice in your head that is just trying to like test you and just be like no i'm not listening to you today because this is what i've done that hasn't worked and this is what i've done that has worked Mm. and like 
what you've done that has worked is probably going to far outweigh the things that didn't and all the things that you did that didn't work you just learn from it and if and 100%. if you do that then there's you know I don't even know if I'm making sense no anymore, no no, but yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, no yeah. I completely relate but to it yeah because I think that the insecurity comes when you're not sure of whether you're doing is the right thing or because somebody could have done it better mm. and I think the best thing as well one of one of my strengths I would say is being able to say what I'm really bad at like as well as the things that I'm really good at like I know what I'm bad at and so I know that I need to either you know give that to somebody else to do l- or learn how to do it better yeah yeah, yeah yeah I think that's great yeah and I think it's also just normalizing as well and talking about it if like someone's going through that like I know I've you know I've gone through it plenty of times mm. and I try and like talk about it either like with Damien or with like mm. friends or like you know other female entrepreneurs like I think it's important to kind of normalize that feeling and be like it's actually fine like it's actually most most of us go through that especially when like you're running a small business and you haven't got like a big team that you can rely on like mm. and it's so competitive and like yeah. you need sometimes like a bit of support in that sort of way and that's okay like just to kind of reach out and chat yeah even the people because I think we see it as like a hierarchy as well and like when I look at my friends who run you know businesses that do three times the size of mine and then I'm like oh they've really got their stuff together like they really know what they're doing and then when I talk to them and they're like I've still not got any idea what I'm doing and you know like or this is what I I still feel impressed so I think it's on all levels as well yeah definitely it's not just a small business thing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely um and at like when you've spoken at our event before that was like what 2017 I think gosh, it was yeah. that's a while ago yeah, and um, and like on your social media as well like you've really openly spoken about like your mental health and also things that you've overcome in the past mm. what's got you through like those times when you've gone through you know different things in your life honestly the the thing that changed for me was um like taking away the shame element of like things that I've been through and like talking about it openly because mm. I, for me like going through a lot of things at a young age um keeping it all bottled up inside like then that created the mental health issues as well because you're just like you feel like the whole world can see what's going on with you yeah. and you're inside and you're trapped in this little cage um, but the minute I, I think I, and I was in my early 20s and I decided that I was just going to talk about it because it was driving me insane and I, I, you know, it got me, you know, I'd been suicidal over it. I'd like really just not wanted to deal with it anymore. And um, I, I just, it just was talking about it and, and then not stopping talking mm. about it and just making it normal. And mm. so people, because it, it was felt like, oh, but if people knew this about me, they might think differently or they might not like me if they knew whatever but actually for me it was so freeing it was just like and having conversations that were really difficult so like with people that had done significant things that had like really hurt me in my younger years Mm. that was still part of my life as an adult like I had done a lot of work in myself so I I knew that I could be civil with them but Mm. I didn't want that I wanted to be able to have a proper relationship with these people and so it was like it's going to be really tough but I need to tell them exactly how they've made me feel Mm. and I know that I've probably done things that have made them feel a certain way but um like after those conversations happened it then allowed like a healing period where we could just like connect and Mm. like really like talk about things and I'm very open with Tyler because I just think I never want her to feel like she has to bottle things in. Like if anything ever happened, I would want her to know that she's able to talk about it because 
it's just so damaging. It's like this whole society that we have where it's like if something bad's happened to you, then it's your fault. Mm. And if it's something good, then you don't deserve the praise for it anyway because mm. that's just, especially as a woman, that's just egotistical or whatever. But it's like, no, I can own all of these things and actually it's allowed me to forgive and in that forgiveness it's made me really grateful like I'm so thankful for like all of the things that happened and some of them were the worst of the worst and it's like I know that I am so badass now and I know that I'm like yeah yeah, and like I I wouldn't be able to do like the hours that I do to put up with like the online like you know things that people say sometimes all of that stuff if I hadn't have been through this stuff before and I just think it's made like such a solid base for being tough but in the right ways being sensitive and being able to um put soul and um you know substance into what I do but also not feeling because I think when I was a musician it was like oh but if if I become very successful and the newspapers find out like about stuff Mm -hmm. then I was always kind of worried that people would know but the minute I took control of it and said this is this is what happened to me this is what I did as a result of that Mm -hmm. and this is who I am you can take it or leave it because that's just cool for me it's it changed it changed the relationships I could have with like my friends because when you're very in your own head, it's just, you start telling yourself all these lies and th- you start telling yourself that people feel a way about you that they they don't even know because they don't even know what's happened to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you just get all caught up in yeah, you know, yeah. all the stuff and it's none of it is real. Yeah, it's yeah. just what you tell yourself. And I can even like empathize with like some of the people that have like abused me or like whatever because I just like I look at it now or, or, or like with Tyler when she's got people at school that are like mean to her and I'm just like but you know that they must be going through something if that's yeah, the way yeah. that they're t- it just allows you to be objective about it not saying that it's right not justifying it in any way shape or form but it allows you to be objective and 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 see that because something happened to me because they were going for it that doesn't mean that that's what I'm worth then or that that's my fault or that's yeah. because of me it's just it happened and um and you know yeah, yeah. it's allowed uh, because I've forgiven and been in a space where I've done the work to get to the point where I could forgive I like the gratefulness I feel just for like everyday life now it's just it's wonderful and being in a state of gratefulness rather than shame and you know just thinking that everybody hates you it's a much nicer place to be it's amazing (laughs) and it's so great that you're so open with Mm. Tyler as well and talking to her about everything because I think that's what needs to happen especially with like the younger generations like and especially as like social media and things like that are becoming like obviously so much more like used and apparent and like of everyone's you know everyone's daily lives and stuff and you know what happened with like you know Caroline Flat for example like and you know you see kind of like trolls and how people are online to each other and you you do get worried especially for like younger like I look at my nieces and nephews and I, I get worried for them because I'm just like are we equipping them with like the tools and you know information how to like deal with this sort yeah. of stuff and like how do we kind of like turn this around because social media and like things like that it can be used in such a positive but then it's you know you see the dark side as well mm-hmm. and like and I think you know with mental health there's so much more awareness and people are talking about it so much more but I still feel like there's so much work that needs to be done in mm-hmm. in those areas and especially like what you were saying with like the media like when you were like a singer and stuff mm-hmm. like 
I think like there needs to be a lot more kind of like openness and like support in in that sort of way yeah it's cool like I've seen a lot of people like starting to talk about things now yeah same and but it's like it's great that there's like hashtags and things but it's like what is the work that then comes from that but there does seem to be a lot of um especially with men as well you know a lot of space for mental health to be okay with men and like you know that it's something that a lot of us go through all of the time um but i would really i really want bexpress to at some point to to have like a real because i think being open and honest has been what something that's allowed me to do my job as well because mm. people have seen that and thought oh well if she can come through all of that stuff and still go on and be successful it's like well maybe that's for me as well and i get lots of messages about it all of the time oh, that's amazing it's really really nice but it's just like I'm just so thankful, but I, ju- I want it to be completely normal, mm. you know, that... Because, you know, like, sexual abuse and rape and all these awful things, they happen to so many people, mm. like... And domestic abuse and everything. It's it's scary mm. how many people have had things like that happen. And when you think about the people you know, how many people do you know? Probably not that many that have spoken about it. But you know, actually, there's probably 100%. a much higher number that have been going through it. And it affects everything you do, the way you think, the way you process, the way you have relationships with people. And, you know, I think hoping for that to be 100% normal might be a little bit, you know, shooting for the stars a bit too much. But, like, the it takes one person to say, this happened to me, and this is what I did about it, and this is what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah. And then somebody else sees it, and they're like... Do you know what that I'm going to start talking about it. and then it's just that little knock on effect where yeah, um, yeah. yeah I just feel really lucky that I've been able to have that kind of you know that that way that I can do that because yeah, it's yeah. been freeing for me as well because you know it's like not even just so much like abuse stuff and whatever but it's like other things like times where I haven't been maybe the best person I could have been or whatever I might have upset people and you just know that maybe somebody's harboring that about you but if you say like openly you know I've maybe not always been the best person of me but I really would love to you know seek a relationship with people that or build bridges with people that I've been through stuff with or whatever and then it allows them a space to feel that maybe you're not the same person and I've definitely done it on the other way around as well where people have treated me really badly and then I've spoken to them years later but because I understand the journey that I've been on I'm like, they're probably a completely different person now, so it allows me to not harbour that for them as well. Yeah. And, you know, just forgiveness, I think, is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely lighter than having kind of, like, bitterness or resentment or yeah. hate or anything like that, isn't it? It's yeah. definitely, definitely, like we're saying, feel lighter if you, yeah. if you have that. And also, I know that, like, bitterness and feelings like that, they can feel comforting in a way because, yeah, yeah. like, you hold on to it and you're like oh no but that person did me bad and then like anytime anyone says something about it you've got something to say about them as well but really like what does that mean yeah I feel like it's it's just so nice to be able to say to someone do you know what and it's not always easy either I'm not saying like just walk around being like oh you're forgiven you're forgiven (laughs) because it's not it's the work that then happens from that as well as like you know you know 
even if you don't end up being friends, but it's just walking around, not having that on your shoulders and 100%. them not having that on their shoulders. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, so running a business, being a mum and then having a whole, like a family and like, you know, your life outside of work and everything. Mm. Like, how do you balance that all? And do you feel, do you feel like, cause I know what it's like running a business. It is so stressful. Mm. There's so many highs and lows. Like, do you feel like you're, you do kind of active things to help like your mental health kind of stay like, you know, on point or like, do you have to kind of actively be, kind of aware of like what you're doing and like do you have any kind of I guess like go-to things that you're helping like meditation for example that you do kind of every day to help yourself like in that way well it's mental is the first it's like (laughs) it's very crazy um we we don't live a life like most people live so I think in some ways it's good and in some ways it's bad so like we don't have obviously nine to fives Mm. um we've always had our own businesses me and my husband so like when we were both musicians or like now doing the business and um so we don't have like set times to eat dinner together or things like that so I think in that way it kind of helps because we we just move we flow around like whatever's going on Tyler has to come to work sometimes you know we we have to do like I'm in you're out you know that sort of thing and it has been really really crazy especially as we're now so busy with um with everything but for me, I think the one thing that I was like not willing to sacrifice mm. was time with them. Mm-hmm. And for me, that is like where my mental health is at. It's best like spending Christmas at home. Like we had two weeks off over Christmas and it was, I mean, I took, I think we worked it out. I'd taken like a total of eight days off last year. I know, which was just so is, Yeah, that is eight. not enough. And most of those days were like necessity days where I had to go to like a wedding or you know they weren't like chilled out Mm. days um and it was a lot but I knew I knew I had to give it that year to and it was going to be really tough but I knew that if that if we could get through last year then everything was gonna like skyrocket and um having Christmas was the one thing that kept me going through it was knowing that there was going to be a period where it was going to be me Javel and Tyler at Mm. home and that that was all I was kind of really working towards um as time like running used to be my thing Mm -hmm. um, but I absolutely don't have time for it at the moment because I wake up at five and I don't get home till like eight nine o'clock most days Um, but I'm actually potentially starting again next week which I'm very excited about yeah because for me running for my mental health was everything like really you just get to process things you're breathing you've got all that oxygen running like you know flowing through your body it's like really really good um, I wish I was a good, I was a good <laughs> one. I tried and I just like fail miserably. Yeah. But like when my stamina was like getting better, I was like feeling proud. But Damien's like that. He can just like run and he just yeah. like his head gets cleared. And I'm just like, no, I'm just like literally huffing and puffing. Yeah. Like I can't do this. <laughs> well, I think that'll be me next week because I haven't done it in so long. But I'm prepared to give it a go. Um, but yeah, running for me was really, really big. Um, but at the moment, it's more just like just taking a moment. Like when things are really, really stressful, mm. just taking a moment and just breathing and just um, and focusing on like the good things, the reason that I'm doing this all. Like, you know, just centering yourself and just being like just need to breathe and just you know stay positive and it's really hard when sometimes you're in a negative space or you've got so much going on and it just feels like it's on your shoulders like the whole time um what else do i do um glass of red wine oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I love> <laughs> um yeah that works um and just 
I, I would love to be more um, like yoga and like, I'd love to give you some real meditation. No, but that's like yoga perfect. Like, fa- yeah. I think family, like for me, it's the same. Like, you know, I used to be great at doing meditation mm. yoga, but it's fallen to the bottom of my list. Like when yeah. you when you get so busy, it's like how running's fallen to the bottom of your mm. list, like which it shouldn't do. It should always be a non-negotiable when you're running yeah. a business because it's like that helps you then be, you know, productive and proactive mm. of your business and your mental health. And um, but like for me, it's, you know, kind of being like with my family, having like nice walks, yeah. like a glass of red wine. It's mm. like those, and it doesn't have to be like these kind of traditional holistic things, does it? It's no. just kind of comforts yeah. that make you feel like you're able to kind of escape almost from Definitely. like what's going on and like, you know, kind of detach from your work and other areas and stuff. Definitely. And also like having a plan. Yeah. Like because if, if everything's messy, which it is quite a lot of the time, which is mostly my fault, but like your brain can't focus on any one thing because you're like I've got to do this and I've got to do that and that's got to happen that's got to happen that's got to happen but if you've got like a plan or like a list Mm. even like that you're ticking off throughout the day and you know that certain things have got to happen at certain times um, then that's I found that's really good for like me just calming down and just being like it's okay because it's not meant to have happened yet it's meant to have happened at this time and like just trusting that in the process and yeah yeah oh that's great yeah um and have you learned any lessons like on your journey of kind of you know being an entrepreneur and um you know with your like mental health and you know being a mum and that you want to pass on to anybody who's maybe an aspiring kind of entrepreneur and anyone who's maybe going like battling kind of with their mental health oh gosh so many things um oh that's a really tough question um do things the right way the first time around I think this would have definitely helped with my mental health is like if you like for me because I'd kind of fallen into this role and um I was just somebody who'd had a baby and was making recipes at home and now it's like such a huge business but it's like I didn't really plan anything out the way I should have and Mm. I, I just kind of allowed things to flow but I think if you have a plan in place and you do the things you know you're meant to do like keep your receipts in order um because you know that's going to make your tax year better you know um or your tax return better you know have the conversation with somebody at the point where it needs to be had and not think oh i'll have that later and then you leave it and then it causes problems that didn't need to be didn't need to happen um there's so many like honestly running it yeah running a business is it's it's not what you think it's gonna be yeah Yeah. (laughs) you think i think obviously i think instagram has a bit to play in this where you just think that you're gonna have this lovely life you're gonna be the one just saying do this and do that and it and you know everything falls into place and everyone's working it's so not you are on the ground you you know you're you've got to make sure everything happens the responsibility is solely on your shoulders mm. if you know things don't happen if 100 orders don't go out it's on me it doesn't matter what everyone else did it doesn't matter if it was your mistake or not you are the one that has to take responsibility for it all so getting as much in place as possible and like sorting your processes out which is definitely something we're going through at the moment where mm. it's like there has to be a process for everything and I'm rubbish at like making that happen but I was just like okay so who do I talk to that knows what the best way of doing this would be streamlining everything I've gone around the houses I mean the time and money we could have saved from you know just having this conversation with somebody who's done it before oh it's really difficult in my case because nobody's that I've found has done what I've done so yeah. if they have it's with like a long life 
product um but with like short shelf life and it's got to be sent chilled next day you know ingredients that don't have preservatives it's been quite difficult but if there is someone you can reach out to and like men like ask them to mentor you or whatever then it's really helpful to get that advice because you can do it all yourself but it makes for a lot more work (laughs) (laughs) and yeah yeah, and like all you've got to say at the end of the day is oh yeah I did it all myself and like nobody's impressed with that when you're like so strung out and you're just really you know crazy so yeah I would just say just do talk to everyone and I think that's really helped me as well talking to lots of people like you guys and um, all of my friends that run businesses even if it's completely different to the business that you have there's often like a crossover of of advice and you know information and you know all sorts of things so yeah Um, and we're just going to end with um, some quick fire questions Um, so what inspires you to get up in the morning um, okay, honestly, the fear of things not happening. I have, like, I wake up two or three times a night, like, oh, my gosh, did, did I order a pallet of jars? <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. say it's on, then lead up to a fest- like to an event. I'm, like, writing notes yeah. down at, like, two and yeah. three in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also, like, the love. Like, I really love what I do, as stressful as it can be. I really love it, and I love that thought that somebody's going to get their parcel and it makes them so happy like when I get these messages people being like oh my gosh I've been waiting for these or you know like I'm so excited to try them for the first time and then they send you a message saying like it was absolutely delicious or whatever like those moments are just so golden I just literally live for that yeah um do you have a daily affirmation and if you do can you share it with us oh I don't know that I do it's just like get shit done yeah (laughs) Yeah. I think think that's brilliant do you have a female role model or inspiration Oh, I've got lots. Um, my friend Sarah Kwasambe. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, she's such a she's such a cool person, but she's also like so great at business. Um, I've actually known her for a really long time before we were both doing what we're doing, and um, but she's always just had that business mind. She's just phenomenal. And she's got a business podcast, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I've actually been on that one as well. Oh, like, yeah, you? becoming like podcast first. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, yeah, she's one of my she's one of my big my big heroes. Uh, who else? It's actually quite a few people. Um, it's really bad because my mind's gone blank. But um, who do I follow on Instagram? There's a couple of people that really inspire me. Oh, it's always have... so hard when you're yeah. put on the spot. My brain just doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> my Sarah's good. Sarah's <laughs> good. Yeah. And um, what do you wish you could have told your 15 year old self? That it was all gonna be okay. That you were gonna, you weren't just gonna survive your way through life. That you were actually gonna like flourish and you were going to do some really awesome stuff like I think had had I known that Mm. like I think it would have saved so much so many years of just not thinking I was ever going to be anything and that my ideas weren't good enough that I wasn't good enough and yeah oh um do you have any favorite books or podcasts um, Sarah's podcast (laughs) um I've actually just started listening to another one as well they're all quite businessy because I actually don't really do anything other than business I like to um just kind of like keep my mind open um books oh I love Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert oh, yeah, yeah, I love yeah, that yeah. one um and that's happened so many times when I read it I was like oh my god that's like what happened like you know when you have an idea and then yeah, then you transfers. kind of you neglect it a little bit and yeah then someone else has created it. it's like oh my gosh this is so weird I always tell people about you know this story of her and the other writer and they had yeah, that yeah, kiss yeah, and they yeah, shared yeah. and she wrote the story it's just it's phenomenal I love that book also like in terms of like not businessy books um there is a writer called Khalid Hosseini mm. Hosseini I don't know if I said his name right 
phenomenal I mean absolutely heartbreaking books but they're such a good read he's like so creative and the way that he writes is just so beautiful so I absolutely love those and um, what else have I read oh I've read loads of boring like business ones as well like um is it blueprint business <laughs> um, I forget what they're called um and um, podcasts I do what else do I listen to um sorry I'm trying to get it up just because my brain is really not working right now um <laughs> I can't even find the app what's wrong with me um podcast here we go uh, imposter syndrome and self-doubt deliciously Ella I'm just going oh, yeah. to that one. Oh, that's so good uh, small and mighty uh, conversations with Joanne Griffin um yeah they're all kind of businessy are there yeah, any good yeah. ones what should I be listening to what do you like oh gosh um well I'm kind of catching up on our ones because okay, like I'm yeah. I'm I am really rubbish I used to listen to it so much right. because like when I'm commuting and stuff I don't really get much time to listen but I used to always listen but I I non-business ones like I love one called Strangers which okay. is stories about different strangers and it's just like so lovely it's just showing like how like we're in this massive world but actually like there's so much like um, similarities between like people you don't know and how people support and lift each other up it's really nice I've cried so many times really? listening to it it's amazing oh, I'm going to look for that one um, and oh god my mind's gone blank yeah. as well I was so really interested in, like you know there's like murder mystery ones oh yeah, yeah. oh serial <laughs> yeah okay. oh that is ridiculous <laughs> and there's another one called love stories that I really like and that's mm. like um, kind of story you know like love story between like friends and like you know lovers and um, you know something like a game or whatever it's yeah. just like really lovely okay, yeah um, and what are your tips for someone on how they can create positive change in the world uh, well always keep keep the reason that you started it at the forefront of like whatever you're doing because I think when especially small businesses because they're not created by like corporate brains to like make loads of money it usually starts with like a passion that passion is usually centered in like your beliefs and like what you love about the world and I think if you can really hold on to that it's been really hard like you know especially in the beginning because I think I was quite lucky I was on the the cusp of like the sustainability thing mm. and the vegan thing and I was actually I had a meeting with like some multi-millionaire and he was like well why aren't you using plastic because like your, your profit margins would be he was like I don't want a load of glass sitting around my my kitchen and I was like well I'm never gonna move to plastic so I was like if that's if that's a non-negotiable for you then like I'm just not that interested and I kind of walked away and I was just like okay well I really believe this and you know and it's and had I changed I would now be not where I am because everyone's now going to glass so it's like I love that because you're a visionary and you saw like where it where it was going and like what needed to happen as well to make the world a better place and also like I just didn't I I always say to people so I didn't want to get to like my deathbed and know that I had contributed to loads of the plastic in the ocean I just couldn't live with myself so I was like Yes, it's most. And I used to use like kilner jars, which were like one twenty-five each. I was one pound fifty each. I was making like no money off this, <laughs> but I was like, they look beautiful. They made a good stuff, and like they're you know going to sit in someone's um, cupboard. They're going to yeah. reuse them, whatever. Um, and I, I just think yeah, if you can keep hold of those, and like when you're offered lots of money, if it's something that's really important to you, and you can just be like, Do you know what, I actually. 
prefer the thought of doing things the way that I think is right than yeah. to make loads of money. I think that's really, I think it's just such a wonderful personality trait. 100%. Yeah. Oh, amazing! Oh, thank you so much for being on our She Loves podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Um, and thank you so much for everything you're doing, like to make the world a better place. You're just doing such great stuff, and I'm just like so proud to see like like just your growth and where you're going. And it's just so exciting what like the future is going to hold for you and doing amazing stuff. And where can people find out about you online? Oh, so uh, the website is bexfast.com. So it's b-e-x-f-a-s-t.com. the Instagram is Bexfest underscore. Um, what else do we have? Facebook is Bexfest. I think it's official Bexfest because somebody's tried to like set up a fake company <laughs> as well. A <laughs> fake Bexfest company, yeah. Um, yeah, just Bexfest everything. Great, really. amazing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> This podcast is produced by Vivolution and is hosted by Judy Nadell, Rachel Forsyth, Jenny Edwards and Lois Johnston. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and you can find us at weareshelovesdotcom and on Instagram at weareshelovesdotcom.